The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Jack Barzini. Hey, Jack. Hey, Dom. And Thomas Enerho. Hey, Thomas. It's good to be here. Folks, I want to tell you about another show in the network you should check out. That would be American Catholic History. It's at sqpn.com slash history or wherever fine podcasts are found. And I want to mention today we're, we're, we've got an interesting first topic to talk about. Uh, we Last week, Google had its big annual I.O. conference where they introduced their upcoming new features and that sort of thing. And uh, so they, there's a lot that came out. Uh, one thing I want to caution, like hardware is hardware. You know, if they show a piece of hardware, it's probably coming out. Uh, software and features is another thing. And uh, so when we talk about some of the features that they're promising, Keep in mind, some of the, some Google has a habit of of mentioning things that sometimes don't don't actually come out. Do you guys remember a few years ago when they had that thing where they promised this uh, assistant that this intelligent assistant that would make appointments for you? You know, it could, <laughs> it could make a call and talk mm-hmm. to a human being, yeah. and that sort of thing. That 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 never happened. <laughs> I mean, surprise, surprise, yeah. Um, so so do you have to. It's interesting how the 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 different tech companies have. Uh, different um, uh, personalities in a sense. Like when Apple announces something like sometimes they'll announce something that never shows up like the, uh, that, that Qi charger that would, that was, could charge anything. Uh, it would, it ended up being vaporware. Uh, but in general, they, they, they don't tr- tend to do vaporware. Google likes to like throw stuff out there. Look at this great thing we're working on. Isn't this awesome? It's coming someday. I kind of feel like Google's get that that really hyper personality. So, yeah, <laughs> it does feel like that sometimes. So. Yeah. So let's let's talk about uh, the the announcements that came out. We'll, we'll start from the top of uh, well of their list because I want to I want to kind of go to the hardware first and talk about the they have the uh, they have Pixel Buds Pro, which are their uh, uh, wireless Bluetooth headphones. The they they look a little bit like. Uh, AirPods, if you're familiar with those, uh, and they've added noise cancellation, which is nice. I tell you, my AirPods with noise cancellation are great. Mm-hmm. I like to use, use them to make phone calls. I mean, I put them in, and it's amazing how much noise in, is in the background of your of your life that you don't realize. Uh, yeah, I, I will say, as a person who's developing tinnitus, it's it's really nice. It does actually like it will even calm that down for oh, me. Oh, nice! Wow, yeah. Uh, so these are uh, Pixel Buds Pro 199. One of the th- interesting features that they mentioned is that you you'll be able to connect to two different uh, audio sources at once. Which let me tell you, that would be awesome. I would love that in my AirPods because one of the things that drives me crazy is I have a phone and an and uh, an iPad, and sometimes I want to be talking to someone on the phone, and then we'll switch to the iPad. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrambling, like, don't hang up, don't hang up. I'm here, I'm here. You know, uh, so yeah, that it, gotta sever the connection on one end and then wait for it to right <laughs> to catch on yeah. the other. Yeah, oh, it's uh, yeah, it's so. But if it just connects to two different things at once, then you don't have to worry about that. that that's a that would be nice. Um, is that what do you guys think about the uh, Pixel Buds, the earbud uh, sort of product at one ninety nine? Is, do you think this is uh, accessible? Is it something that you're interested in? That wh- What do you do for listening uh, like that? I am. Um, so when I had an Android phone, I actually had the original Pixel Buds. And I think they're $99. Um, they didn't do the noise canceling or anything. But they were they were good headphones. I liked them a lot, especially if you have an Android phone or um, and especially a Pixel phone. They integrate the same way the AirPods do with the iPhone. They're comfortable. They have long battery life. They're actually more comfortable than the AirPods, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, but when I got an iPhone, I got some AirPods, and they work basically the same. So they're $50 cheaper than the AirPods Pro, and 
they're probably good headphones. That's good. That's good. Yeah, these are fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh, we know the AirPods Pro are two forty nine. You're right; they're fifty dollars. Yeah, cheaper. Yeah, yeah. They're they're undershooting the price point on it, and I, mm-hmm. I think I think it's good. I mean, I think that we're getting to a point where uh, headphones are an important part of uh, the technology that we use, and it's one of those things where you can skimp on it, but you're gonna end up regretting that you do once you finally do you know, fork over the cash and get a good pair. Right. And something like this is going to last you a few years. It's not like you're going to be buying these every time you have to upgrade your phone or, or move to something different. This is, this is going right. to be with you for a while. As so long as you don't, don't drop them. it in the water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't wash them. Don't lose them. Yeah. That, that, they're easy to, to, to lose track of. Um, speaking of uh, audio, one of the funny things I've, I, about the announcements is that, so they announced the uh, Pixel 6a phone so that so uh google with their phones does a sort of tiktok sort of uh release where they have in the fall their flagship phone and then around you know six months later they release the lower price phone that's uh that's for you know the average folk and uh so this one among other things last year they they had this long thing about we still have a headphone jack even Mm -hmm. though iphone doesn't well, the 6A, Pixel 6A no longer it's has not. a headphone jack. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's funny because I got the 5A for the explicit reason that it still had a headphone jack. And then I realized that for the entire time I had the phone, which is like six months before I decided to go back to iPhone, I had never once plugged anything into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's one of those things you, you think you need. Like you, we do this a lot. I think in in life, yeah. I, I really this is a thing I need. I like I know I need it, but then you you realize I never use it. It's there's mm-hmm. lots of things like that in in our in our homes. I think at least in my home. Yeah, so. we mm-hmm. we you just this is the way we've always done it, and technology is moving so fast that you just really you, you can't do that. You you can't buy a phone specifically because there's an outdated piece of technology that you feel like you're still going to use. Right? <laughs> How, I think back to the days when we were transitioning from serial ports to USB and people were like, Oh, I've got to make sure I have a computer that has at least one serial port in it. <laughs> right. And like they never used it. You know, you paid extra to have it. They never used it. That sort of yep. thing. Totally. Um, so the 6A is uh, keeping the same price. So it's it's the same. Uh, I don't want to say low price because 500 bucks, 450 bucks, still a chunk of change for a phone. And there are fo- there are cheaper phones out there, but for, it's the cheaper Pixel, uh, which is, you know, a brand name. So, I mean, it's a mm-hmm. good phone. Uh, it has the the older uh, camera from the, the 6 from last year. But the better chip, I think, is what the, is what they they said. Right. So um, mm-hmm. otherwise, uh, about the same. Not you know, there's nothing dramatically different, right? And no. It's just their iterative uh, lower ver- uh, quality version, and it actually has the uh, or lower priced version. It has the cameras from the five A still, mm-hmm. and those were really really good cameras. So if you're worried about not having as good cameras because you're not getting the six. The cameras on the five A were still phenomenal, and a lot of that has to do with Google's algorithms, the way they process mm-hmm. photos. I've heard, yeah, yeah, specifically the Pixel phones because the Android phones, Android phones are such a crapshoot on the on the cameras. Yeah. But the way that Google uses integrates the the camera with the phone is just superior. It really is. Right. It's very snappy. It's close to the iPhone, very close to what the yeah. iPhone can get. And in fact, some things are better on the Pixel than on the iPhone. Like the, uh, they're they're really good at um, skin tones for uh, for uh, African American people, like people mm-hmm. with darker skin, natural uh, melanin in it. Uh, so uh, that's that's a nice thing. And I've, I've, they, I think that's how they do better at group shots. I saw something about that. Like they it's better at taking group photos for some reason but i don't i can't yeah. find the the specific information now night mode is also better in my experience mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah the their light their light amplification is really good and i th- i think that's a lot of what you get with it is uh iphone will iphone will take a lot of really good high well lit uh well staged photos mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas google's going to give you a good photo pretty much no matter where you are and right. it might not get up to that like studio quality in the studio, but it's going to give you a good photo pretty much anywhere. Right. But they're also good now. It's hard to like, yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I, I cannot <laughs> complain about any photo my phone takes. I was trying to take pictures of the, uh, the lunar eclipse the other night. That was the only thing I couldn't get. Like, it was like, 
Right. What am I gonna? What, what am I gonna complain that my phone couldn't take a good picture of the moon? You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, hey, they're gonna get there eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah Some, no someday, kidding. you know. No kidding. Not if Neil deGrasse Tyson has anything to say about it. Uh, he was he was complaining about people being excited about the uh, the blood moon the other day. The uh, um, yeah. The other day. It was just funny. I was on Twitter. Well, I'll tell you this is this is the first time that I've that I've been seriously considering grabbing a pixel mm. and. um uh, I just I wasn't too excited about the fives. The the six A is is good. The seven is awesome, and we're gonna get to that in a minute. But um, but the six A is really like one of the first ones that I've the price points right. Uh, if I was in the market for a phone right now, I would definitely be jumping on it. So four forty nine is a lot, but it's yeah. still it, it, you know most people aren't gonna pay that much for it because they're gonna get it on there. Uh, provider anyway and i'm the only idiot that goes out and buys them unlocked <laughs> so you know so i that's i'm actually looking at that price and saying yeah i would i would pay that much for right. these phones so let's let's talk about the sevens because uh, seven and seven pro coming out this fall uh what ha- what's exciting about the sevens this year what, what do they got going on that that, that looks interesting I'm, I'm super gigged about the tensor chipset um this is uh this is it's so cool like the like what they're doing with this technology because they're actually integrating ai pieces into this chipset it is essentially how it's working and so um it's it's going to be faster because it's kind of learning from everything that all of the chips are doing and that's that's kind of the idea behind it so this is really it's totally nerdy and it's not anything that anybody's going to like really see a direct benefit from, but the concept behind what they're doing with it is really cool. And I love the, um, I love that Google is the, the place that's going to do this. And that's, you know, Don, before the show, you were saying that uh, there's not really much like flash bang from a Google presentation, the way Mm -hmm. that you get like with an Apple. And I think that's because it's, it really does come down to the difference of what kind of nerds they are. Right. Yes. You know, the Apple is the social nerd. They're they're the ones that are like figuring out how the room works and making sure that they can uh, get it so that everybody in the room is really happy with it. Whereas Google's the one that's sitting there tinkering with the thing, like, you know, coming up with some weird, random, innovative thing that's going to push technology forward. But nobody really cares in the end because they don't see the effect of it. Right, right. Well, I mean, will it show up in the software and the apps? Is it, is, will, you know, will, will programmers have be able to use whatever that special AI I, stuff is? I think so. Um, I'm. It, it, it's always a challenge with Google. Like, you can have really good ideas to do stuff with what they're making, but they aren't as as open an environment as they would like to think that they are so it's kind of yeah. a toss up yeah another difficulty um which i think has kind of hampered the tensor chipset which has also hampered the m1 chipset in my opinion is that the developers have to develop for the lowest common denominator for a lot of these things so if you're writing a soft uh an application for uh the android platform you're going to be targeting something like the snapdragon uh chips mm-hmm. because those are in most phones and pixel is really not the uh, market leader there so there's it right. kind of limits the amount of people that are going to be looking into developing stuff specifically for the ai portion so it's really the benefit will you mainly see in the stuff that google writes for its own software right like mm-hmm. ar and maps and that sort of thing um we should probably talk about a- the ar because they they showed off some this is now we're getting to the realm of maybe someday perhaps but uh, mm-hmm. their ar glasses <laughs> that uh looked really cool they showed like some fun things like uh live translation i mean this is basically mm-hmm. the universal translator right you know it, it, not exactly <laughs> because it can't just take any language but uh it will live translate the spoken word people a conversation someone's having with you and show the text in, in front of you you know in the air basically in the glasses that looks really cool okay but but do you remember Google Glass? Yes. I was about to say, <laughs> they should call this thing Google Glass. It's amazing. It'd be great. I, so, so this is something that I, I think that we're still stabbing way ahead of our time here. And um, I love it. I, I want it because I think that it's going to happen. I mean, you can already grab your phone and do live translation. So this is not a, it, it's not a yeah tremendous leap forward but being able to have it directly in front of you like right. heads up display this is this is the thing like if you're a video gamer you're used to reading a heads up display mm-hmm. and what 
they're shooting for here is giving you that heads up display, you know, and there are tons of things that I would love to have on a heads up display, you know, like if I'm walking, how fast I'm walking so that I'm not looking at my watch while I'm doing it or, or at my phone while I'm while I'm walking or, you know, if I'm biking or if I'm working out what my uh, heart rate is and just having that information readily available while I'm doing something that would be phenomenal. And that's really the point we need to get to. It's just a matter of whether or not the technology is going to be accepted and how glitch free it's going to be because there's nothing worse than having a heads up display that is also like you know in your face and yeah. blocking the, the view of things that you need to be doing yeah i'll be excited when i can have it on a contact lens <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah i mean that well that this is the thing that killed i don't want to say killed google glass but really hampered it which was it had a camera in it and that mm-hmm. and people didn't like the fact that someone's walking around with a camera on their face everywhere, including places that should be private. So I, I get that. But maybe maybe uh, maybe they don't. If it's a sensor, and not a camera. Does that make a difference? That's kind of, you know, a photographic light sensor. Just call it that. And no one will know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like the idea of walking around in a city, especially a city. If I like I'm a, in a strange city and having stuff pop up and say okay the, you know your hotel is this way and uh, mm-hmm. or the restaurant you're heading to is you know have a line in the street and goes around the corner you know that sort of thing i would love that i i the little i less love the idea of ads being plastered all over everything in my view i think that'll very quickly be that the companies that try and start plastering ads in these things are going to realize that they're going to get more hate from the ad than and and there is there is a limit at which uh press can be bad even right. if it is press right right yeah yeah um ad blockers will be a thing <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna say i want to i want a they live filter i can turn on <laughs> <laughs> so uh besides the uh, google glass uh let's see what else we had here um we had the pixel watch that's uh yes. that, so from the, the a uh, vaporware feature to a something that's real that's finally coming is google watch so google has had their Google Wear software for a long time that's been on watches that connect to Android phones. But now they're really, they're coming up with their own hardware and the integration with Fitbit is coming to their, their stuff. And that's good. Fitbit is essentially going to be the health stuff uh, Mm -hmm. in the Google watch, the Google, the pixel watch that has Google Wear, Google Wear OS is the, uh, is the uh, operating system. Uh, what do you think of this? Is this a, is a worthwhile competitor? Is something that you guys uh, are interested in? I think it's, I think we're only going to have to see it and see it in more detail because the rendering they showed, it looks really nice. It looks really clean, but it also just looks like the Samsung watches that they have, which apparently are really good. So I guess if it's just a, a Google flavored Samsung watch, then it'll probably be good. I have a major problem with it. Okay, And this could be just a render, so I need to actually see the thing before I commit to it. But I will not do Fitbits because Fitbits do not have replaceable bands. And the material that they use irritates my skin. And Mm -hmm. so I can't use them. Whereas a watch that has a replaceable band but also does all that same stuff, I have fallen in love with it. And I'll just be my tech recommendation for the week. (laughs) So (laughs) it's really important. Oh, it does have replaceable. Yeah. Okay. Showed that off on the video. Oh, okay, great. I I I I didn't see that. I have to say for the Apple watch, that might be one of the most under underrated benefits. One of the underrated reasons why it succeeded as much as this is the replaceable Mm -hmm. band, easily replaceable bands. Like remember in the bad old days of watches (laughs) when replacing a band was a pain, even like the ones that were user replaceable. I use air quotes on that. They were as a pain in the neck to, you know, to get the little tiny little spring loaded thing. And Oh, it was a pain, but it's like now like this, I, I don't think I've ever, like I don't ever use the ba- the the band that comes with the Apple Watch. I'm right. always using the you know the third party bands like Apple Amazon or um I've got my nice uh, Mandalorian watch band that I got going here. <laughs> nice. uh, I mean it's <laughs> awesome. Uh so I I think that was one of the secrets to the Apple Watch success. So I think replaceable bands is mandatory now. Like there's just so much yeah. demand for different everyone is different and what they want from a watch is different. Mm-hmm. Um the uh that looks what they said that uh, it's not out now. It'll be out this fall around the same time as the Pixel 7. Uh, 
they didn't right. really have they didn't have a price for it either. I don't think so. But you can expect it'll be at or probably below whatever an Apple Watch is. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. They're they're really trying to undercut the the Apple Premium. Uh, let's see what else there's, uh, so from the hard, I think it's all the hardware. Uh, so let's talk about some of the software changes. Android 13. No, not, I think we're at the stage of operating systems, phone operating systems where we don't get revolutionary changes. We get gradual changes. (laughs) Uh, but some of the interesting things there's, uh, that in the Android 13 is, uh, Google messages is getting RCS support. So this is the, the long-awaited successor to SMS and M- MMS, which is the text messaging protocols that have existed forever and are notoriously uh, um, insecure, uh, RCS is supposed to be much more secure, uh, including end-to-end encryption for group chats, not just one-to-one chats like it has been in the case until now. Uh, I don't know if – I think for iMessages, for, for Apple, all – Group chats among iPhones, iOS devices, are end-to-end encrypted, but not if they include green bubble people. So, yeah, that's <laughs> it's iMessage if it's all iPhone, and then it's just standard SMS if it's okay. you have a non-iPhone person in there. Okay, so that's good. I like the the the, the update to RCS support, which is a an advance, and then the and other privacy-related things. They they're also going to put more restrictions on. Um, personal data and phone feature apps. So apps that that add phone features, they'll ha- and uh, th- they'll have more restrictions on what they can do. By default, you can turn those mm-hmm. restrictions off, and then apps will all apps will have to ask for permission to even send notifications in the first place, which I think is funny from, uh, from an uh, iPhone user, that's actually the standard. I'm like, Oh, that would be weird to not have them. And also an, another thing where it can restrict the access to photos and videos that an app can have. That's also something mm-hmm. I've been doing ever since Apple added that uh, Facebook, Instagram, they don't get unrestricted access to my photos. <laughs> they right. only get the photos. I let them see that sort of thing. So uh, what do you guys think of uh, Android 13? And so what, what, what they've got coming? I think it looks like a nice iterative iterative update on Android 12. Um, the feature, I think Android 12 was really a big leap from Android 11, and then 13 is more just filling in those cracks and uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing a lot of back-end, uh, behind-the-scenes work. The RCS will be really nice. I'm, um, I'm currently a Signal user because of that, so because of the end-to-end encryption on uh, messages. But right. there are a lot of limitations with using Signal, and so RCS actually allows you to, to add a bunch of multimedia type uh stuff to it so like right now i can't send uh certain gifts that i want to uh you know reaction gifts to people right. because they're too big and mm-hmm. so i'm always like searching for the, the smaller version of the, of the reaction <laughs> gift that i want uh to be able to send but um yeah, but yeah I, so i think rcs will, will open that up you can even uh it, it seems like you might even be able to send short videos over rcs and it still be in encrypted so okay uh they're also adding back google wallet that's coming back and it's going to go beyond hey. just payments to <laughs> things like passes and like, like the, like the Apple, I, I, I'm sorry. I keep comparing to Apple, but Apple and Google are the two sides of the coin. They, they're going back and forth, but you can, you'll be able to put like your vaccination card in there and your rewards program stuff. Uh, I tell you, that's a great thing to have. If, if you're an Android user, look forward to that because mm-hmm. I use it all the time. I go into Walgreens. I, I, I scan my Walgreens rewards card from my phone i go into the the grocery store i get you know the same thing uh so it's uh it's really really handy um and then the other thing is that uh, google maps is getting an immersive view which is going to be benefit to 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 apple users too because it's in the app um Mm -hmm. which is a sort of um flying 3d ar like you can fly through certain cities of course not gonna be every every place but uh but in select cities you'll be able to get a flying overview of the city in 3d. So uh, that, that looked interesting. That'll be really nice if you're in a foreign city and you're trying to figure out where you're going. And rather than just having a map, just watching your path progress, like you're at the airport, you watch what it's going to look like all the way through. Right. And that'll give you those landmarks to follow as you're driving. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I did miss one hardware announcement, uh, which is Google's Pixel tablet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's probably because it's not much. It's It's not much to write home about. (laughs) It it looks a lot like an iPad 2 from from a while ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but see, here's the thing. I think that um, I think that they're they're looking at tablets differently than the way the that apple does uh-huh. and it's interesting because they're looking at tablets just as a quick browsing uh perspective like that's what people use tablets for it's just browsing the internet sitting on your on your couch browsing the internet whereas apple sees it more as a holistic replacement for uh, a it's computer a in, in yeah. many cases mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and I think Google still is not viewing the tablet that way. And it really shows in what they're producing here, because this is not a full on replacement for a PC. Yeah, I was I was curious about that, because just from the renders they showed, like, I don't even know if that's really what they're going to be putting out, because they're talking about not even this year. It's coming out in 2023. And mm-hmm. stuff like this is what kind of keeps me out of the Android world, because you get these jumps and these fits and these starts where google did like back in the day they did like the nexus tablet and i had one of those and then they came out with the like i think it was all the pixel 10 or something probably like six or seven years ago now and they do this thing where every so often they'll put something out but they don't really continue it through so it's hard Mm -hmm. to get invested in that ecosystem because they kill off so many different things like they put out a lot of cool stuff but they don't follow through with a lot of it so it it makes it hard to get invested like i got burned with google music so (laughs) right Mm. (laughs) one of the interesting things about the render that they have is uh just to show how they they're thinking differently than apple is apple is imagines that you use ipads in portrait view and the uh, and the reason and the reason is because they put the camera on the short side right and Mm -hmm. the and you plug in on the right side on the you know on the uh, bottom uh whereas this has the camera on the long side so they imagine you use it landscape view and frankly most people i know who use an ipad use it in landscape view most of the time mine is sitting in a landscape view right now and it's kind of funny that apple is so stubborn about this because (laughs) when you hold the the ipad you hold it with your hand over the camera so when you're doing face id it literally has part of the ui pops up and says arrow arrow you're covering the camera like Gee, Apple, you think that might be a problem that you think you can solve? I predict they're going to switch that on the next version. I hope so. <laughs> but they want it to be like Star Trek, you know, where you're carrying the Christine Chap with the pad. pad. Yeah, 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 get the captain's signature. I'm, I'm okay with that, but uh, I'm signing it sideways. <laughs> it's funny. I, I turn my phone so many different ways over the course of the day, you know. Yeah. So it's, I, I think that's. I, I think that's what we're what we need more of. You know what? Here, here you go. Big tech companies. Here's your next big leap. Figure out how to get the device to intelligently figure out which view is best and make it comfortable for the user to right. be in that view. <laughs> well, I have a funny thing. Like, there's there's a two generations. There's a very young generation and there's a very old generation that take their photos in portrait view. And then there's those of us who are sort of in between who are still taking our pictures in landscape because it looks better that way mm-hmm. it looks better take your mm-hmm. take your videos and pictures in landscape view uh but yes. like it's but it's old people and young people doing the the uh, portrait view uh, videos there's an old comic where uh, a guy uh wanted to he wants to make it mandatory for all camera apps to like have a warning come up if you hold it in portrait mode and not let you take a picture until you flip it the right way i agree with that <laughs> i'm all for that mm-hmm. i i want to yell mm-hmm. at people when i'm up i'm, I'm like, you can tell i'm getting old i'm old man yelling at people hold your camera right you, <laughs> you can tell we're, we're all in that in that generational segment that takes their pictures landscape yes yep. <laughs> exactly oh man all right so uh I think that's all the 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 big at least the biggest announcements. I mean, there might be a few other things that they that they mentioned that uh, we we've skimmed, but we'll have links to everything in the show notes, and you can check those out. Uh, uh, so the next big announcements is a less than a month away. That's that's when Apple has its WWDC, and of course we'll we'll do our usual coverage of that one as well because. When Google does one, Apple does one, and we go back and forth, and competition is awesome because it pushes everybody forward. Uh, all right. Before we get to our the rest of our headlines, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Benjamin C., Bill and Joanna M., 
James W., Andrew H., and Stacy L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, before we get into headlines, I just want to mention, like we talked about tech for camping a few weeks ago, in, uh, and I, I went camping and I discovered another piece of low tech that's awesome, which is I have a propane stove, a Coleman propane stove and Coleman propane lantern that use those little green bottles that just mm-hmm. they're expensive. And then you have all these little green bottles everywhere. I, I found the thing that uh, the adapter that lets you connect a propane tank, propane tree. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is awesome! I am yes. so I'm gonna cook all the things and uh, run my lantern all night because I can. And then you just go refill the tank when you get done. You know, yes. it's, like, it's it's a great way to do it. And it's good for the environment because you're not throwing away all those little bottles. So, Bingo! I uh, just thought I mentioned it. Just it just came to my head. I was thinking of uh, what we some shows we did recently. All right, let's get into our other dis- headlines. The first one we want to talk about is this one caused a bit of controversy when it came out. Uh, it, the headline is the CDC tracked millions of phones to see if Americans followed lockdown, COVID lockdown orders. Uh, it, that's very, very uh, biased headline there. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but Thomas, you think that this was not as nefarious as they make it seem why is that yeah well i think first off you have to you have to go back and remember what the cdc does and that's they they are a medical organization that tracks statistics on a large scale that's like that's their whole objective that's the the reason they exist right so uh and and the way this is being done is good because SafeGraph is actually a pretty decent company when it comes to data gathering and from all the things that I've seen, at least uh, that the, when it comes to data gathering and anonymizing location data. Uh, now, there is an argument that can be made that anytime you take this much data and you start cross-referencing points, uh, you, you run into the problem of I, well, I can identify anybody if I have enough points of information about them and that's it's true uh but the the scope of what these research pieces are is very interesting and i think it's the only way that the cdc would be able to gather this much really good solid information in a reliable way and and make conclusions and it's not about like wagging your finger at people who aren't following procedures but it's about determining the effectiveness of these procedures Mm -hmm. And the more we can have that kind of data, the better decisions we can make. Oh, but, you know, lockdown's not working. So what is, what's another measure that we can take to help people figure out how to combat, in, especially in hot spots where the virus is on the rise? Frankly, I think a lot of the criticisms by people on both sides of how the lockdowns were done or whether people should be vaccinated or not or, you know, mandatory or not. A lot of those arguments are bolstered or or refuted by data like this and mm-hmm. knowing how. Mm-hmm. So people are out and about and people aren't getting infected. So therefore, we we don't need to do this thing or people are out and about and they are getting infected and we need to do this. So we, like data is is the answer to, you know, a lot of these disputes that seem to have no end. Um, right. The, the key is anonymization though right that's the key we need to make sure that this data cannot be tracked to individuals because it does seem creepy like the one security researcher quote in the article says the cdc seems to have and that's that's by the way that's a very uh loaded phraseology because that what you're doing is is giving an interpretation but the Mm -hmm. cdc seems to have purposefully created an open-ended list of use cases which included monitoring curfews neighbor neighbor visits visits to churches schools and pharmacies and also a variety of analysis with this data specifically focused on violence quote unquote uh Mm -hmm. so yeah that sounds ominous because we don't want big brother knowing our, our business and tracking us everywhere we go but but you're saying that uh, SafeGraph has a good track record for this? SafeGraph has a pretty good track record. They're, uh, as far as gathering data goes, they're really good at anonymizing the data. And they anonymize data on their end, uh, from, what I've, from what I've read. They anonymize data on their end so that they don't even have those lists to be able to provide that end of things. Uh, for if, if they were asked, you know, well, can we identify these people? They, they would be able to say, no, we, we can't. We have it anonymized from the, from the beginning. Now. Is there a way? Yes, obviously there is a way, because if, if this data is being tracked, then it 
can be tracked to specific people. Mm. It's it, it, if all of the actors along the path, however, are doing the best that they can to maintain the anonymity of the user there it's good I, and i really do feel like the, i am a huge advocate of the personal privacy don't track me you know all of this kind of stuff but on the turn of that this is a use case where it's like okay there are plenty of times where that data is being sold to people nefariously so that they can just pop up ads for you mm-hmm. and what we're talking about here is that it's being collected reasonably it's being passed along reasonably and it's being used to make generalized statements about the populace and all of those things are ideal uses of massive data collection process and a lot of this just has to do with the way a technological society functions like Mm -hmm. privacy and liberty are important but also the only way you're ever going to be guaranteed to be completely safe is to never go out in public because someone might be able to take your picture or might be able to track you. Like those are risks you take mm-hmm. and there are steps you should take to mitigate that and steps that governments and companies should take to mitigate those things. But I feel like people are just kind of have like a hair trigger now where they hear the word data collection or statistics right. and they automatically <laughs> assume it's something nefarious when it's not always. Yeah. Fear mongering the governments. Yeah. Fear mongering outreach farming is is the is the big problem. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. data collection. But but data collection, data use like this, it's it's like firearms. Like it, if it, to use an analogy, you know, it's it's a tool. It can be used for, for bad things, it can be used for good things. Uh it's it it's how the tool is used and regulated and kept safe that mm-hmm. matters. And and so, yeah, we need good privacy laws. We need good regulations to prevent the use of this data in ways that hurt while not hampering the the use of these these tools to do to do good. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I see I see what you're saying there on, on that. Uh, interesting. So uh, speaking of privacy, uh, our next headline, uh, we had talked a few weeks ago about privacy problems with prayer apps. Uh, this headline, mental health apps have terrible privacy protections, report finds. I mean, you think an area where privacy is very important is where people are dealing with their mental health, which is one of the most private things possible. Um, the It's interesting. This whole space is interesting. This rise of all of these mental health apps, uh, which it somewhat coincides with the pandemic, which has impacted mental health negatively in many ways, uh, and but, but also impacted the ability of people to go see a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. So an app becomes a way for people to to get help. But if the privacy isn't there, and especially if the the, the companies behind these apps are using the data in ways that mm-hmm. they shouldn't, that becomes problematic. What do you guys think of this or, one? Or selling the data, as yeah. is the yeah. case with some of these um I mean, it doesn't surprise me, to be honest, because it was not a field that's really regulated. It's one of those new things that's just emerging. And I think it's a in principle, it's a good use of the technology to give people more access to services they might not be able to get to otherwise. But I'm not particularly surprised by it. That's something when I was looking for a psychologist and therapist, like I specifically did not use any of these apps because I knew that they weren't they weren't well regulated and they're kind of wide open. Right. Yeah. I was kind of surprised by some of them. Like I recognize some of them. It's like Talkspace is one that I've heard advertised on a big podcast networks and talked about a lot. And they're like, they're providing user chat chance transcripts mm-hmm. to, to, uh, to, to third parties like that. But they're maintaining them. I don't know how this is not a HIPAA issue. Like that, yeah. that's amazing to me. I wonder, I wonder, it's got to be, it's got to be because it's, you know, patient, uh, patient, doctor confidentiality, even visiting a, a mental health professional is something that's not permissible to be, I don't know. Anyway, I, my, my big issue is this, anytime we get into a new space where a technology is being used, the biggest problem is that we, we jump in because we see a need and we begin providing a solution but we're not putting the right people in place up front and mm-hmm. and that's the danger is that we're we're getting to the point where we really need to start 
when we do these startups and we and we get these things all especially the startup people they need to start by getting a cybersecurity expert on board mm-hmm. and that needs to be the first thing that they consider but that's not going to happen unless we keep pushing uh, back against these companies that are doing this kind of thing enforcing them with with some kind of measure of fines or just incredibly bad publicity and and you know and it's hard in a situation like this because these these are resources that people probably need and so driving them into the ground because they're doing something wrong it, it it's difficult but at the same time if we don't start doing that then people will see an opportunity they'll step in they'll they'll do the startup thing and they'll get the initial investment with the intent to sell because that's what a lot of the the startup entrepreneurs do yeah and they aren't going to build it as a robust beginning but they're going to grow the user base really quickly so it's it's tough it's a really difficult way to to work around things right and i would say like for anyone who's looking for a therapist and they might not necessarily be able to go talk to someone in person a lot of practices are much more open to doing things over something like it's i think it's called teledoc it's a mm-hmm. app that's specifically developed for uh remote visits that i think complies with all the hipaa rules or even something like um using like facetime because it is end-to-end encrypted um, right. there are ways to mm-hmm. do this currently that you're not going to be using one of these kind of scammy apps that you just hear about on whatever podcast you're listening to like that's not probably really the best way to be pursuing this anyways my i have family members who facetime therapists and that's yeah that's because mm-hmm. it's the, the way to do it and uh and even like they they're required to be in the same state. Like if we were to mm-hmm. travel to uh, New Hampshire from Massachusetts, we wouldn't be able to do a telehealth visit with any of our doctors. Like it's, it, I, I think mm-hmm. it's a Massachusetts regulation, but uh, it's it's interesting. interesting. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention is is one of the things the problems that they said is that most apps had poor security practices that let users create accounts with weak passwords, even though they're collecting deeply personal data or, mm. and, and lots of it. So in that case, I'm going to su- suggest as I always do, you're <laughs> responsible for a lot of your personal security. Make sure you're using a password manager and good passwords for, especially for things like your bank accounts and health related stuff. So that's, that's that part. Um, Sometimes that's up to the app though, where they have like those, you know, they have the password field and it doesn't allow special characters and doesn't allow, and it's right. like yeah i, I want to make my pass i want to make my password i have a really secure yes. 13 to 18 letter long password that uses all sorts of random stuff <laughs> i'm gonna remember it <laughs> yeah i've run into financial uh, uh places like websites where it was like eight letters and you there were three different special characters that you could use and it's like that is not a secure, like what, what kind of rinky dink server are you running? You know, space for the long password. Come on. Right. You've just, you've just limited the, the password to something that now the hacker knows how to guess it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so there's that one other thing to be concerned with is uh, what happens to your data in the long run? Because you mentioned how like some of these people start these companies looking to sell them. Well, who gets like when they sell this company, what happens to all of this deeply personal data that you they now have possession of? That's another reason why I'm not sure a therapy or mental health app is Mm -hmm. the best place in that you you should probably never put anything deeply personal that would be embarrassing or detrimental to get out into an app at all. Even like a prayer app, like there are. There, there were, there have been in the past. We mentioned this in the previous episode. Confession apps where you could mark off your your conf, the sins you want to confess. Don't do that. Don't 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 mm. do that in, a, in an app because I mean maybe you could do it like in one password where it's super encrypted, like with RSA one twenty eight bit encryption. You could maybe do it in there, but <laughs> don't 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 do it in an, in an app. That, mm. That's a bad idea. Uh, all right, so from uh, from that, let's move on to some truly apocalyptic and dystopian. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, these are awesome. These this are is actually kind of things. awesome. So uh, there's two stories that are related, and so we'll go with the first one, which is uh, the headline is "Swarming Drones Autonomously Navigate a Dense Forest and Chase a Human." That's always good. Uh, so um, it's this Chinese research group that they at, at this Chinese university. 
So they've had drone swarms before. You've seen them where they they work in unison to fly in formation and they do all these cool effects. Uh, But those have always worked by having a central computer that communicates out to all the drones and tells them what to do. Mm -hmm. What's new here is that all the drones in this swarm are autonomous. So they're flying on their own, but relaying informational navigational data, sensor data about the area to one another helping each other navigate. That's a big difference. It, I mean, I, I'm, I'm half joking, but it is kind of scary, like, to <laughs> think about, like, killbots being flown around like this. Um, but it's, I mean, it's an amazing demonstration of the technology. Yeah, and, but, but you're talking about super, not, not expensive, I'm, not, not cheap, obviously, but right. not expensive pieces of technology that once we get them in place, um, you could send this into uh, into a fire, into a forest fire, could map what is what is going on with the forest fire. They can get us. They can get much closer than a human can to yep. the heat. They can determine where the hot spots are. They can map the the path of the best possible cut so that we can you know make a fire line. This is a technology that really. Uh, can dramatically change the way that we work with um, the spaces that we're in. And it's not something we've had before, which is truly impressive. Remember that building that collapsed in Florida last year, like the Mm -hmm. the condo, like if we'd had a swarm of, of drones that could get into tight spaces, they could have mapped the entire interior of that building and found every single person, you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead of having to laboriously dig little by little in, you know, people dying while they're being, uh, you know, unburied. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do I do grant. Yeah, that there is there are use cases for this sort of tech, which <laughs> which would be kind of cool, which would be really useful. Um, so uh, I just hope we can all get I, I, I almost hope that yeah. we get to a point where everybody's so terrified of what we can do that we go. <laughs> Well, let's just not do that. And, <laughs> um, let's just all agree not to do that. And we'll use this technology for something that's actually decent. That would be I'd nice. Good. Your enthusiasm, Thomas. <laughs> He's the optimist. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think because I mean, I'm looking at some of this stuff and like I, this is this was a really cool finding because I was just following Boston Dynamics this week and they are talking a lot about how the, the robot dog maps the spaces that it's in and it's it's a laborious procedure where you have to put a computer on the back of the thing or camera on the back of the thing and it has to walk around and map the whole area and once you get a map it's fine it can do all the stuff that it needs to do but it's it's a, it's a procedure that it has to go through whereas with this you just send a bunch of drones in they've got a map they're done yeah, right right <laughs> you know and and they do it without running into everything along the way they they you know they stop when they see a tree they relay to everybody else hey there's a tree here and they all know the map of the area once they're done so it's it's awesome so even something like uh this would be cool to use um kind of like this hel- the helicopter they have on mars in the future if you get drone swarms mm-hmm. to map the terrain of planets or yeah even if you're doing something like exploring a cave like you send a bunch of these in they can map the whole thing where people aren't going to be able to get in and report right. that data go. back even the off-the-shelf consumer stuff now like the latest dji dji mavic mini is amazing the the fact that it can uh, it it does autonomous terrain avoidance and obstacle avoidance and can follow a person it, you can have it follow you without having to manually control it and all this other stuff i mean it's just this is technology you can buy off a shelf today uh, this is science fiction from you know 15 years ago it was science fiction still <laughs> so it is it is amazing um and we have a related story another one that uh that uh, Jack, you told me about it. Uh, this underwater drone can transition to flight in less than a second. So this is a drone that can go underwater and move around underwater and then come up to the surface and start flying. Mm-hmm. That's a harder thing than I think people imagine. It's a, yeah. that's a hard uh, trick to, to pull off. 
Yeah, no, it's really cool to see the way they do it. And it looks just like your standard quadcopter, but it's got the, the way the rotors are. They're kind of folded in. They're uh, segmented rotors where they have the longer air blades that fold into the smaller water blades when it's underwater. And because it uses a slower um, rotation when it's underwater, they fold back in. But once it hits the air, they speed up and they flip out automatically and it can take off. And apparently it can do this transition like five, four or five times in 20 seconds, kind of like skipping through the water. Wow. And I just thought it was cool um kind of in relation to all the uh, uap stuff that's been going on um talk of the alien uh, ships and the uh the strange things that the air force have been seeing and they talk about the one in particular that goes from under the water all the way into the air and as much as i want to believe that it is actually ufos i could see the fact that we're getting stuff like this in public research Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, what kind of uh, black projects do they have going on? Where they have, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, based on uh, patents that have been filed by certain researchers over at uh, the China Lake Naval uh, Weapons Research, uh, like, they, they, he has filed this one particular guy, uh, Salva, um, Salvador Pais, his name is. You can look mm-hmm. him up. Uh, shields, electromagnetic shields, um, anti-grav, anti-grav. <laughs> uh, like, like basically, you could, with the technology he's filing patents for, you could build the Starship Enterprise. Like that sort of <laughs> nice. stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like you're supposed to be able to demonstrate this tech when you file a patent. So I don't know. Maybe that's what all this is, which would be awesome. Let me tell you. I mean, that'd be just as awesome. One of the well, things, I, you know, yeah, okay. but it's like a decade before it comes up because you know we're, we're just now getting the hydrogen cell car back from the military. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. right. It'll be a while before we get those. Uh, the other b- bit of this, though, though, even more so than the the flying above and below the water, it, this other bit of tech, it's got this um, sticky disc thing, which is oh yeah, it, it mimics a remora fish, where a remora has this part of its body that the top of itself or the bottom, I think it is where it, it, it attaches to other fish and rides along with them. And so they've, they've done some, some bio mimetic gel, which sounds like something literally sounds like something out of Star Trek. I think uh, <laughs> it's a bio gel and it's a, this foot, this, this sticky foot that allows it to stick to uh you know something and that preserves battery life so in other words it can go underwater and attach to something and stay there and turn off its own motors and use the motion of whatever it's attached to i mean come on this is like cia secret (laughs) tech stuff right it's going to go underwater james bond like yeah attached to the bottom of a ship and go into the harbor uh, you know i mean that's just that's too cool. You That's... send a swarm of them to attach to the enemy ship. Yep. <laughs> I can there you see. Go. Yeah. Like Q. And from... then you map their naval base when you get out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Q, not the uh, Star Trek Q, but Q from James Bond, you know, explaining to, to Bond how it all works. Uh, I could just picture it. So interesting drone developments. So that's our headlines. Let's move on to our picks of the week. And uh, Thomas, you're up first. What is your pick this week? All right, so we talked a little bit about the watch in um, in our segment uh, with Google, and I I would be remiss to not mention this one. I've had it for a while now, so I have a, a Galaxy Watch Four that I got um, because I was having problems with the Fitbit, and I wanted to start getting healthy. And my uh, current employer incentivizes being healthy, and they want to track the stuff that I'm doing in in that vein. So I went ahead and got this, and. I didn't think much of it. I got, I ended up getting a refurbished one. So I got one that was like, you know, aftermarket, uh, somebody had used it and didn't like it or for whatever reason. And so my biggest concern was the battery life on this thing, uh, in getting it. It is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I charge this thing once a week wow. and that's it. And I'm out walking with it. I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm living life. I'm, and I really, I literally put this thing on the charger once a week. It's one of the little, um, uh, magnetic chargers so it just mm-hmm. you just sits on it doesn't have to plug in or anything it charges up in about two hours or so from almost empty because you know i'll push it all the way to the end before i before i put it on a charge but it really does last it has a bunch of great functions it's got a bunch of great watch faces to it i, I use it primarily just for the the health functions of it but it does allow you to 
to see your uh, SMS as they come through and different. I even have it. So uh, when you guys start talking on the, the Slack channel, all of those Slack notifications start <laughs> popping up on my watch, uh, which is which is nice, you know, because I can just look down and see, OK, well, that's who's that's who's talking to me right now. And I can see if it's something that I need to go back and address or uh, or, you know, that I can just ignore it and say, OK, well, I'll get to that later. Um, but I, I really I love it. And I'm not I'm not a person who recommends very expensive tech normally on here i'm not a person who is super attached to my tech (laughs) (laughs) but but i would i will say that this is one area where i would say uh, this is a splurge that was well worth it i have gotten so much information out of this thing uh it automatically detects my workouts uh to the point where uh, this was hilarious my wife and i walk every day and uh one day i was pushing the stroller because we had our two-year-old along with us and I was pushing the stroller and my watch was confused because I was biking very slowly <laughs> <laughs> because my, my arm wasn't moving the same way it would for a walk, that's but right. I wasn't going super fast. So it was, it was like, you've nice. started biking and I was like, no, 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 that's not the right, that's not the right workout. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, so it does, it does all of this stuff really great. It reminds me, it, it, you know, it does the teaser reminders where like every couple hours it says, Hey, why don't you get up and stretch? And, um, yep what it counts for for a workout in that moment is always hilarious you know it's just like i'll walk to the door and it's like good job <laughs> it's like okay well i guess i got out of my seat and i was doing more than i was but i've, um, I've gotten yeah. uh the uh the, the close my rings by lifting a beer to my mouth so that's there you go man that's the, awesome that's living the dream <laughs> that's way to do it. but uh but yeah i i i if I did not recommend this, I would be really, you know, I, I would be remiss in, in being a technology person on this channel because okay. I love it. And honestly, the battery life has just blown me away. I can, I cannot believe how long I can go without charging this thing. That's, That's the really most impressive. impressive thing to me. Yeah. Cause I get, I get a day out of my watch. That's it. Yeah. Get, it's going to go from my Apple watch every night. I have to charge it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Cool. So, uh, uh, Jack, what is your pick this week? Awesome. Uh, my pick is uh, also a little bit of a splurge, and it's probably not as good for my health, but it's a. Uh, I'm going to recommend the Ambernick uh, RG351MP. It is one of those uh, Linux-based uh, retro gaming handheld systems. Uh, I got it for, I think it's like $160 on Amazon. Um, I really like it because you can load in, uh, it uses a program called RetroArch, which I think I've recommended on the show before. Um, you can load in all your old NES, SNES, uh, Game Boy ROMs. It works on basically everything up to PlayStation 1. You can just load them on. You just put them on an SD card, load it in. It's Linux-based, so you can do a lot of different modifications with it. Um, and it's just a fantastic little handheld gaming system. Like I don't really like to play a lot of modern games. I mostly just want to play games I played when I was a kid. So it's absolutely perfect <laughs> for that. So I, yep. I really, really like it. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, we we've done we've talked about like retro gaming in the past, but man, it it is a it's a lot of fun to see a lot of these new pieces of tech that let us you know enjoy the old fun yeah. games because they may have been you know uh, old technology, but the design of the games is the key, and those games mm-hmm. are still fun to play. So yeah, definitely oh, yeah. awesome. Excellent. So my uh, pick this week is a tip, uh, another tip. And this is a, a little delayed from uh, when it was first came to mind. But um, you know how you get you're always told, check your batteries on your smoke detectors every time we change the clocks, uh, which is the only the only good reason to change for the, with the clock change. Not even it's not a good reason to change it. But the only good <laughs> thing about the clock changes is that it reminds us to do things twice a year. And so in addition to checking the batteries on your smoke detectors, go to your phone. And look at the medical ID information, the emergency medical ID information on your phone, your kids' phones, your spouse's phone, and make sure the information is still up to date. Current medical conditions, current medications, you know, all that sort of stuff. Make sure that it's up to date because mm-hmm. in an emergency, if, you're, if, if you or someone you love is laying on the ground and EMS comes by and wants to find out what medicine you're taking, what medical conditions you have, and what you're allergic to, you want that to be right in your phone. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's just my tip for the week. Uh, so to take that for what you will. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah put, definitely. Put a, and put a reminder in your phone to, re- to remind you twice a year to, to check it. All right. So that should do it from us. We would uh, love to hear what you think of our discussion. If you have any tips for us or any uh, 
possible picks of the week that you'd like to suggest or headlines or anything like that, you can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. You can send an email to technology at sqpn.com or Definitely do this. Visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. We're having a lot of fun, a lot of great conversations there. Uh, come and find out about the secrets of My Little Pony. Uh, that is definitely <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, there's lots, there's lots of insight. I don't know, Dom. You stepped in it. <laughs> I know. I opened that door, and it's uh, it's it's pushing its way through. Uh, but uh, come and find out what that all means. You can uh, you'll find that at sqpn.com/discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. Remember to like the the secrets of technology each episode. Where you find it on Facebook, retweet it on Twitter. Help us out by getting the word out. We'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Thomas and Herho, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. It's been great. And Jack Barazzini, thank you as well. Thanks, Tom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. Quest.